0: Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. And today we are so thrilled to have with us Dorinda Wilson. Um, Dorinda has more than 25 years of home education experience under her belt, and she is a trusted voice and a resource in the homeschooling community at conventions and through her podcast, the Dorinda Wilson podcast, which we will link in the, the episode notes. Dorinda and her husband, Daryl, have eight kids and and six grandbabies so far, right? And we actually have eight now. (laughs) All right. And as an author and speaker, her greatest joy is helping moms discover God's grace and with it, the courage to put their full trust in him, moving forward in faith and confidence. Welcome, Dorinda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm
1: excited to be here today. We're more excited. For sure. all our
2: listeners are so excited. So that's what we know. I knew the grand, the grandchildren number would change. I just felt it in my heart.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yes.
2: So yeah. you have eight children. You're a professional mom. <laughs> you have eight, eight kids. And then eight, did you say eight grandchildren? So just tell us a little bit about yourself, your
1: family. Well, I've been married to my husband, Daryl, for 32 years, and uh, we've, you know, we didn't, he didn't want eight kids, but I, he, he <laughs> actually, actually, he wanted two. That's what he wanted. There was never a discussion about more than two. Uh, but in my heart, I knew that I wanted 10. And so I like to oh. tell people that we compromised at eight. Um, <laughs> I wish we would have had 10. <laughs> oh. So I, you know, I didn't divulge to him that I wanted, really wanted that many kids till quite a ways into our marriage. (laughs) That's the way to do it, ladies. And he always tells me though, now all these years later, he's like, thank you. Thank Uh, you for, you know, just wanting that, encouraging that and, you know, all of that. And, And I mean, once he was on board. There was no turning back. Yeah. I mean, this guy, you know, he was he's been fantastic. But um, yeah, we've got five boys and three girls, and their ages are 17 to almost 31. And then yeah. And then we've got the eight grandkids, and they are um, well, the oldest was a stillborn, but we always count him. Isaac would have been he would 29 this year, and then the rest are on down from there, uh, down to one due in. June. So oh, wow.
0: <laughs> blessings beyond measure. And your youngest is 17. Does that mean that he's still a high school senior this year? Yeah, actually he's, or, uh, he'll be a senior next year. Next year. Okay. All right. So you've got a few more years to be homeschooling officially too. Yeah. Yes, I do. Busy, busy. Yeah. Um, okay. So we were chatting before the episode started. We all know that Many, many, many people are homeschooling the last couple of years that never intended to. (laughs) And sometimes there's people, there are people who with little children and they're thinking about it, but they're still in that preschool age. So they're not making it official in addition to all those people who are kind of thrown into it. Right. Um, But what do you suggest uh, for parents who are transitioning from school to homeschool?
1: Well, you know, I think the biggest thing is to recognize, um, that, that, that you need to actually relax. And I know that's very hard to do, but you can relax because you're more qualified than you realize. Um, and this is something I talk about a lot in the book there in the four hour school day, there is a lot of affirmation there for parents. And, and I give reasons why, um, you are more qualified than you realize to teach the kids and to, and to give your kids a full and robust education. Yeah. Um, you know, I think also you, one thing you're going to have to learn to do is ignore the naysayers. Oh, amen and amen. <laughs> because really, at the end of the day, you are the one who is responsible for your kids. Yes. No one else is. And um, you are the one who can and should be making all the decisions when it comes to your kids' well being. Um, that's why you're the parent. And then I think the other thing that I would just, you know, let you know that. that there will be hard seasons. Mm -hmm. There there just will be, there will be hard days. There will be hard Mm -hmm. seasons. We all have them. It's, it's not failure. It just, it's the nature of the journey. Um, But don't give up. You know, I like to compare it to parenting. You know, there are hard seasons of parenting, Mm -hmm. but we don't stop being our kid's parent, right? We're committed to that. (laughs) So if we, we figure it out, we problem solve, um, you know, sometimes we can even work together with our kids to figure things out. And that ultimately can make our relationship with our kids stronger as well. And we can do that with their education, um, as well. And I I talk about that in the book, but really, at the end of the day, I think the best thing that we can do is really just strive to enjoy our kids Mm. and see home education as an adventure that you're on together. Um, Don't take it so seriously that you lose the joy of spending time with your kids. You're making memories and creating a bond that will last a lifetime. So you know, it's it really is an adventure. I would like to call <sighs> it a series of um experiments, <laughs> mm. you know, because you're trying different things yeah. on and they work for a while and then they don't. Uh, and yeah, no why. And we just kind of go, okay, let's, you know, it's clear we need to make a tweak or a change, and we do it, and we just trust that there's just gonna be this ebb and flow to homeschooling and, um, that that's just the nature of the journey. And I think when we embrace that, um, and, and also, like I said, really, really look towards enjoying our kids that really helps us decide what is working and what isn't working with our, with our kids. Um, and it helps us make better decisions.
2: Yeah. I saw a, um, I guess a meme is what the kids call them and it was so funny it said because you know how every stage every stage of parenting is difficult but it said well we're on to the my kids i'm gonna not say it right but pretty much we're on to the (laughs) next next stage nope still hard (laughs) and it's so true isn't it but um dorinda so we know you hit it on the head so many moms and dads feel not qualified Just, I mean, isn't that bizarre, but true, right? They don't feel qualified to teach their kids. And this book, I could answer the question for your book because I love it so much, but you (laughs) will. How does the four hour school day give those parents the confidence to take control of their children's education?
1: Well, I think I just, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, the fact that they're an expert in their children. You know, I think we don't realize how well we know our children and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, them better than anyone. You love them more than anyone. And you're the one who has their best interest in mind above anybody else. And so why wouldn't you be the best person to teach your kids? And, you know, I quote this statistic in the book um, where, I I was talking with the, I think he's the the president, CEO, whatever of, I think it's parentalrights.org. That was it. Mm -hmm. He was, he was on an interview with me on a podcast with me and he was telling me, he was actually telling me this, that, that parents are experts in their children. And the reason he could say that is because it's a known uh, fact that if you do something specific for, um, 10,000 hours that you are an expert in that particular thing, And by the time you, your child reaches six years old, you have spent uh, 16,000 hours with them. So that means by the time they're school age, you know, it's somewhere around 13,000 hours. So you passed that 10,000 mark, you know, a long time ago. Um, So, you know, all of those things, all the things, you know, about your kids, that that's what gives you the edge in deciding really what's best for them. Yeah, that is so good.
0: I remember reading that in your book and um, thinking how sad it is that right when parents are experts on their children by that statistic, they hand them off to other people. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, this is when it gets so fun because you've done that hard work
1: of getting to know them. You yeah. changed the diapers, you potty trained, you taught them how to eat with a fork, you know, all <laughs> oh, <yeah.
0: laughs> You're setting the stage for discipline, right? Because what, in the first five years, we try to set that so that then it's easier, right? You've done all that hard work
1: already. And you can benefit from that as you just sort of ease into the the school years. You know, you don't have to hit kindergarten hard and fast. And again, I talk about this in the book, a slow, more unhurried approach is really so much better because of of the way that our kids grow and develop. Um, At that phase of the game, uh, they can't handle a ton of book work. They're, yes. They weren't meant to. That's and true. yet everything is so cognitive in the traditional school system and it doesn't allow for play. It doesn't allow for exploration and experimenting and just that whole bond with our kids. Like we are the most important person in their lives at that stage of the game. And that's okay. That's what we're supposed to be. And so mm-hmm. it makes sense that we keep them home. We spend the time with them. We take them with us where we go. You know, we go to the post office, grocery store, we run errands, we do things at home and we have them come along with us. Yes. You know? and, yeah. and it's amazing. They learn so much just by being with us. Yeah. Isn't that, that's the thing is something that the Lord would gift us with
2: these children. He's given us the ability, but I feel like it starts right from when you're pregnant and then you go get yourself what to expect when you're expecting. And then you, it's, it's almost like that's when the disconnect happens. There's so much information that now you don't even look at the fact that you're actually God has called you to this, and you start looking outside at what the world says, and then you stay there and you follow it like you're not even experiencing the motherhood,
1: but you're just following these tasks almost exactly, exactly. there's a disconnect there and and you know i, I I can't help, but think there's some intentionality there, but the point is that we don't want that disconnect with our kids. That's not the way God intended for it to be. He intended for us to be with our kids and he intended for us to be the ones to train them, to teach them, to, you know, to raise them. But when we send them to school eight hours a day, five days a week, Mm -mm. we are not raising them. Someone else. And that's at the right. end of the day, we are still responsible. So yes. we may say, oh, I'm going to hand that task off to someone who's more qualified, mm-hmm. which that's a whole other, <laughs> exactly. Um, but it, it, thinking that they've done their kids a favor yeah. when they, the opposite is true and mm-hmm. they don't know, have any idea what their kids are experiencing through mm-hmm. none. And child typically cannot and will not share that they yeah. don't have the ability to recall those things come home right. and say mom this thing happened to me in the bathroom mm. blah 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 mm-hmm. you're gonna find this out 10 years down the road when there's a bigger issue and you're like what is going on yeah. here? And you find out So this is not what we want. We need to nurture and protect our kids. And obviously they're going to eventually be exposed to the world. Mm -hmm. And that's good. We want that at the right time. We need to be able to decide when that is. But when they're in school, we don't get to decide that someone else is making all those decisions and guess what? It still falls on us. Yes. Even if we hand it off you're still ultimately responsible for everything they're learning and everything they're taking in. So don't think that if you send them away, you're no longer responsible. That's right. You are responsible only you're responsible and you don't know what's going on. And so I'm sorry, I was not okay with that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, terrible.
0: No, I wasn't either. I'm a former public school teacher and one for nine years before my kids were born. And one of the main reasons besides the Lord's calling, I mean, that was the main one right. um, that, um, my husband and I decided not to send my kids into public school was because I saw it from the inside. Yes. And I saw exactly what the parents were not aware of. Right. Um, And I tried to involve my students' parents and I was told to stop that. I taught ESL. So my students' parents didn't speak English. And so I would have the translators call and just say, here's what's going on to the best of my ability. And I was told to stop it because um, I'm the teacher. They're just parents. Mm.
1: And that day and is the day I said, that. my
0: kids will be homeschooled.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we've seen that really coming to the surface recently. Yes, I have. think that's why a lot of parents are taking their kids home right. is they're recognizing that that system does not see them as important. That mm-hmm. system does not see them as the major, having a major role in their kid's life. Right. And yeah. that is a very dangerous place to be um, because that is not what God's word says at all. It is, it that's is right. absolutely opposite of that. And, you know, you can even have a wonderful teacher, but your kids are surrounded by other kids who come from all different, who knows what and what they think is okay versus what your family believes is okay. Your values Mm -hmm. are doing this and their values are more than likely going to influence and overcome your kids, the values you're trying to keep your, That's teach your right. kids. there's it, not enough time to do the recon that needs to happen. Uh, it's been in school. For no, that exactly. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well,
2: That brings yeah. us to, um, if I could just read a, a quote, can I just quote you in on page 29 <laughs> of your book? Because okay. this, well, I have your whole entire book highlighted, so I don't even <laughs> the whole thing, but, um, Dorinda says still one of the biggest obstacles i've encountered during that process is an unwillingness to question the current educational system it's often something of a sacred cow and kind of just talk about what you were prior to that what you were kind of just
1: well you know we're just we were we were talking about how you know we're seen as just a side dish an unimportant part of our kids lives and um and and consequently because of that we're not allowed to ask questions Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to have a healthy conversation about what our kids are being taught. uh, What kind of books are in the library at school? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You talk about they talk about socialization, but uh, I'm I'm sorry. What what is happening at school in terms of socialization? Are we liking the results? Are we liking what we're seeing come out of there? Mm -hmm. I I think most people would say no, not at all. And yet that's the first question they will ask you. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. like. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, 25 years, 26 years later, I, I just I had the hardest time when they asked me, well, what oh, about yeah. socialization? I just, Oh my goodness. I'm still
2: having this conversation. If you had to compare and contrast this is socialization that yes. you wrote in your book, the difference yes. between socialization and being social, yeah. right? Yeah. Socializing.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. The difference being, um, socialization is more about, um, conforming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And socializing is just like what you and I are doing right now. We're having a conversation or when we go to the uh, store and we talk to the cashier and when we talk to, you know, we talk talked to a little old grandma in the, in the grocery store, uh, when our kids play with their friends, you know, and they're, you know, outside doing whatever, you know, just that's, that's socializing. And, and the thing that's great about homeschooling is our kids learn to socialize with Little little kids, mm-hmm. all the way through to old people, because they're exposed to that yeah. wide range of ages every day. Yeah, you know, throughout the whole year, and mm-hmm. and that's what I love. I love the way homeschoolers can pretty much talk to anyone. In fact, mm-hmm. like wow, <laughs> talk a lot. <laughs> so true they don't seem to have trouble expressing themselves yeah there's just so much there it's just because they're getting that nurture they're in a safe environment they feel secure Mm -hmm. Um, we've set a tone in our homes that is really conducive to them learning and learning so naturally Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it makes our job a whole lot easier yeah kids are natural learners. They love to learn, Mm -hmm. but you know, my five-year-old doesn't love to learn about writing because he's really, (laughs) you know, right. Love to tell me a story. And that's a pre-language skill right? where they were playing outside or we read a book and, and I say, tell me what happened in the book, you know, start at the beginning. And all of a sudden they're learning chronologically, you know, to remember this happened first this. and it doesn't all have to be on a piece of paper. Yeah. That's exactly it. It can all so much of it can happen through conversation and just Driving, riding in the car. I mean, I can't tell you how many math games we played in the car and spelling, and you know, you get. They don't have anything out. They're a captive audience, right? They're not going in. right. Yeah, <laughs> driving the car seats and the seat belts, and yeah, you can turn it into a competition, and you know, especially with boys, they love competition. So it's like, oh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I think that you know, you can't. You probably can't spell this word. That's all you have to say, yeah. <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, they're just like they're triggered you know yeah exactly <laughs> like, no, I can do that I can do that <laughs> so it's just you know, but you know your kids and so you know the sort of conversations and questions that'll just get them going you know and that is so efficient mm. so effective and we don't have to spend all this time just, you know trudging through bookwork for 8 yes. hours yes you
2: know? and that really just takes what is the underlying thing it's You have to know your children. Put away the how-to's and just open your eyes and see. You can see as a mom when you you spend time with them and see how they learn the best. And they're not stop the comparisons and
1: you know who has to do what by what age. Stop that. It's terrible. The scope and sequence thing. I just avoided uh-huh. that like the plague. Yes. And, you know, it was so helpful. And, you know, we would kind of like, we just kept moving forward. As mm-hmm. long as I, I, I could see, we weren't stuck, you know, for any length of time. Cause sometimes you're stuck for a little while, but yes. you know, <laughs> yeah. or even sometimes you just got to take a break from it and go back to it later. Um, But you know what you mentioned earlier about, you know, getting to know your children. I talk about this in my book. I talk about those early, early years from you know, pregnancy through the time they're ready to, you know, maybe start doing, you know, start thinking about doing a little bit of schoolwork or whatever. Um, that's, those are the years that you work on parental, what I call parental discernment, Mm -hmm. where you're getting to know your child. You're also learning to make decisions based on what you believe to be best for your kids. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, maybe you go to the doctor and, Um, the doctor says, well, I think you should, you know, you should do this, but you've done your research Mm -hmm. and you know that you really don't, your gut is telling you another round of antibiotics isn't the answer. Yes. And so then you say, well, You know, what I would often do is just take the prescription in case I changed my mind. (laughs) And I'd go home and I'd try some home remedies and some different things. I did my research and I went, you know, I know that it's not good for them to have antibiotics, Mm -hmm. you know, time after time after time. And this is before they figured that out, you know, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but my gut. Told me and the research that I had done showed me that ah, I don't think this is good for them. And yeah. so let's, let's find out why. And then what can we do instead? And then I had that little tool in my tool belt the next time they started to get sick. Mm-hmm. And then I could, you know, like just kind of keep it from getting too bad by starting earlier with that remedy. So <laughs> we're learning the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. all through, you know, motherhood and and through all of our homeschooling years, we have to be teachable as well.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: ready to learn whatever we need to learn to make sure that, you know, our, our, our kids are doing well, that we're nurturing them physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's, that's just, that sets a whole environment for, uh, like I said, making learning easier for our kids and and easier for us because Mm -hmm. when they're naturally learning things, we're not having to, you know, pound, try to pound things into them. That's right. They are so good about telling us what they're ready when they're ready to learn something we have to be watching for the cues but in those early years that's when you get to know your child really really well and you can practice like making decisions that maybe aren't the trend maybe aren't mm-hmm. and start you know disciplining yourself mm-hmm. to do that because as you move into you know the older years with your kids, you're gonna to have to continue to make those decisions and they some of them get harder. So mm-hmm. better at the beginning. And then when you get into the homeschooling, you kind of just, you know, people will say their thing, or whatever it is they they say about homeschooling and just smile and nod and then go <laughs> do your thing, you know. Yes. That's what we did. You know, it's just like this, you're not responsible for my kid. You don't even know them. I yes. Yeah, I mind. I'm like, I can, you know, I don't need I can politely listen for a little while if I want yeah. to. And then there's always that, you know, annoying relative that. Just, <laughs> and, always. And, you know, that's when I get moms asking me about that. You know, what about that person, that friend or that relative or that mother-in-law who's like, you're going to ruin your kids. And they're just mm-hmm. trying to test your kids to see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. You have to set boundaries with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to for the sake of your kids. You don't need to expose them that's to that. Right. You don't need to expose them to tested every time they, yes. turn around. um, they don't need that kind of pressure. It's our job as parents to protect them from that. And it's our job as parents to say, no, we can do it respectfully. Mm-hmm. We can do it kindly, but we need to be firm and mm-hmm. say, I appreciate that. You love my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just gonna, you're going to need to trust me on this because, you know, we're the parents and this is what we believe is best for our kids. And we need to end this conversation and yes not talk about this anymore. So how was your week last week? You know? Yeah, that's really good. Sometimes I just changed the subject. I didn't even yeah. do the speech. I just started talking about something else. And people love to talk about themselves. So yeah.
2: Well what's funny about that whole thing is so all of those maysayers and then, as they see your ch- oh, if this is, yes. these are family members, yes. now the children are brilliant. Wait, what? Noah was on the History Channel. Wait, <laughs> he wrote all these. Wow, yes. homeschooling really works. <laughs> and I just, it's you just can smile, right? And so that's it. Is you just swallow your your whole thing, and nope, we're going to shut this down mm-hmm. and let it speak for itself.
1: Let the truth speak for itself. Yes, right. The truth always comes out in the end. I had a relative who was, I bet I tell the story in the book who was criticizing me about the way we were handling our fairly hot headed four-year-old. And, <laughs> and at the end of the day uh, we did what we thought was best. And now that child is like the golden child with this particular person. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, but you know, we can just, we can, it's so great to have that freedom to just be able to say, you know what, I'm just going to, we're just going to do what's best for our kid. And, and, you know, like I said, yeah. smile and nod, and just, you know, move forward with confidence because they're your kids. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, it's not their responsibility. It's yours. So <laughs> I don't know what to worry about. Oh, so true. Yeah. yeah. I
0: think that is so important. I'm so glad that we're talking about this because Jenny and I have seen when we talk to people and just on social media as well. Um, The younger moms, because now Jenny and I are old enough to be tight as two moms. We hit it. We (laughs) hit the age. Whatever age that is. (laughs) Um, It seems like younger moms feel like they need permission for everything. And I think it is the social media influence. Like we're not native to social media. We're old enough that we came into it as adults, but a lot of these young moms started when they were like preteens on social media. And so I've seen questions simple as, you know, what outfit should I put on my child today? Like What do you want to put on your child today? But I think they need to hear from people like you and from us and others who are older that you have the right to make those decisions for your own. You don't need a consensus. Right. Well, the the, the problem is we become slaves to it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the Bible says clearly that you can't have two masters. Mm. Mm. So you're either going to serve those people or you're going to serve the Lord by serving your family well and doing well by your kids. And you don't owe anybody an explanation for what you're deciding to do with your kids, you know, in terms of, you know, homeschooling. And, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously we want to be open to, um, you know, to good counsel, to mentoring, to all that, that kind of thing. That's important. But we need to be tuning into what we believe God is telling us to do. And then and then if we, um, you know, if we have questions, specific questions, we can hopefully find someone, a mentoring mom like you or me or mm-hmm. someone else to ask mm-hmm. those questions. But I do see this happening where a lot of the this generation is deciding um, they, they go to just their peers for mm-hmm. all of their counsel. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the Bible says for a reason that the older women are to counsel and mentor the younger women. And yes. that doesn't mean we have all the answers. It doesn't mean we've done everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. It does mean, and you want to choose someone who has a, a good reputation. Like you see the fruit in their life and you yeah. say, yeah. I respect this person. And so I'm going to yeah. ask her questions. Um, again, at the end of the day, you're still responsible for whatever decision. Yeah. You make. Um, but I think it's so important for, uh, for moms. I think they can find inspiration and, mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. And sometimes motivation from their peers. There's, there's, there's some good to be there, yeah. <laughs> but I think when it comes to like experience and just that deeper understanding and wisdom you mm-hmm. really do need to to go you know have some sort of mentoring mom that's the great thing about podcasts yeah <laughs> that's true I get letters a lot from just these sweetest moms who just want mm-hmm. someone to disciple them and they can't find anybody yeah they don't know anybody that they respect that they yeah. can ask, that would take the time to answer yeah. them and you know of course I can't I can't do that, you know. <laughs>
0: you
1: know, I've I've got my own kids that I'm, you know, yeah. That I'm my daughters and daughter in laws and um, all of that, but at the same time, um, that's what I love about the podcast is that I can answer so many of those questions just from there. And so that's what I try to do. So my podcast isn't, it is a lot on homeschooling, but it's also, there's a lot of mentoring there too, because it's a, it's a full picture. It's not just about education. It's homeschooling is about a lifestyle, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. That's another thing too, speaking about, um, and, and there's good to this as well. Children need to make choices, Right. For sure. That's a good thing to teach them. But with, um, we talk to so many moms and dads that are younger and I feel like oftentimes they're asking permission from their children. Do you want to homeschool? And you know, (laughs) we have to put the skids on and say, they, they can't Mm -hmm. make, they mentally have no capacity to make that kind of a decision. Right. And so I don't know if you're, you know, you probably hear it
1: all the time as well. And yeah. It's not their role to make that decision. It's yeah, not yeah. their responsibility. It's the parents responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we can't, we can't pass that on to our kids. Yeah. It's great. If they're as on board as possible, that's fantastic. <laughs> so it's really good to have that conversation. And um, I talked to you early about earlier about including, um, I'm going to include a link for you all to this encouraging a homeschooling heart. And this is a little devotional that I wrote to go along with the book. Especially for parents who are haven't fully jumped in or just have jumped in or maybe need a refresher, mm-hmm. Ta- kind of going through like having these conversations with your kids about it and questions to ask. and mm-hmm. you know it's great that you make them part of the process. And if they're part of the process, they're more than likely going to own it and they're going to um, respond more favorably than just, you know, hey, we're taking you out of school, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. you know, we want to we want to do it in a way that's respectful to them, I, you know, just as human beings. And, mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, it is our responsibility and we have to do what's best for them. And, um, and you know, what's that old saying?
0: They'll thank you someday. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Actually. And sometimes that happens sooner than we think. Um, you my younger you daughter, um, wanted to go to public school in high school. She never asked me cause she knew what the answer would be, <laughs> but she would complain to her sister about it. And my older daughter was just like, whatever. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And she went through this phase and then, so Abby, this is my, my younger daughter, Abby, even by the time she was 17, she was coming back to me and saying, I'm so glad that I knew that I should never ask that it wasn't an option because she knew that in this stressful time she was having in her teen years, that she would have hooked up with the wrong kids.
1: That's so funny. Our second daughter has the same story to tell. Mm. Something about second borns. (laughs) Yes. She was kind of circling that for a while. Mm. Like, and I, and I actually talk about this in the book. She was kind of circling that whole, you know, you know, I can't, play sports or I don't know. She was yeah. just yeah. making some little hints that she wasn't content with doing high school at home, even mm. though she was high school, but she never did ask the question. And I asked her, <laughs> why did you never ask me the question? And she said, well, I actually sat down and wrote a list of pros and cons mm. and the pros for homeschooling far outweighed oh, yes. the cons. So she did, she took that whole thing on and she used her problem solving skills that she learned, <laughs> her critical thinking that she'd been taught, and she applied it to something to make a, a wise decision. And mm-hmm. that was that was that was just awesome to hear. You know, I was yeah. really really pleased with the way she handled that. So same thing though. Yeah, it, you know, you may have that little bit of pushback or whatever but if you include them in that conversation they really understand the whys um i think at the end of the day they're going to be on board yeah yeah
0: i mean my daughter wasn't always thrilled but we had a relationship and i think that's the key right if we develop that relationship with our kids and we we maintain it and don't just give them up when they're teenagers you know okay fine they're just rebellious no they're not they're your children no. And they come back exactly. to you. <laughs> and they, and they, they're
1: they, so great because they challenge us. They ask us hard questions. Yeah. Great teenagers have asked me questions that I never would have thought of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, sometimes it was really like embarrassing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Very humbling because it's yeah. like, oh, I never thought of that. And, you know, I need to think that through. Maybe he has a point, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but that can, it can make us feel out of control. And sometimes that can make us sort of like power up because we're we're afraid we're losing control, but there's, there's, it's a really a dance with teenagers because you want them to start owning so much more. And again, talk about this in the book in those years that they own their life, their education, their relationships, their responsibilities. So by the time they leave home, they own the whole thing. It's not, you know, it's not this big adjustment to adult life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um so with 25 years of experience homeschooling you've mastered how to teach multiple kids in different grades and this right here is always a hot topic for parents teaching more than one child what advice do you give to help them customize learning to each child's specific
1: needs Well I think you know with eight kids I always like to say <laughs> I, I'm a professional I'm an expert in my kids Not in everybody's kids. Right. Um, but you know, I think that there's some, some tips and some tricks that, that work really, that worked really well for us. And so I just tried to share a lot of those in the book and I may not even be remembering all of them that I've shared in the book, but. Well, we want uh, people to buy the book. So yeah, don't tell them everything. (laughs) Yes. So I think, that (laughs) I think the biggest thing for me was that I realized that the older The older kids, a lot of times, could teach the younger kids some things. Now, what was interesting was that a lot of what my kids, the younger kids, learned, they learned almost by osmosis. Just (laughs) hanging around with the older kids, I would have my youngest one would go in and watch the biology videos that our son um, was going through, and we'd be sitting at the dinner table, and he would just start rattling off all the. (laughs) Because it was interesting to him. Yeah. And it, and it, and to this day, the he's 17 now and he remembers so much of that and he's still going through it now uh-huh. as a year old, but it, it's amazing how much they learn from the older kids. And, you know, that's the beauty of when you, when you um, really nurture a strong family life and sibling relationships, mm-hmm. there's just their, their relationships are good. And so I found my older kids automatically teaching the younger ones because, you know, that's kind of what we do as, you know, they like to be the ones in the know. Like now all of a sudden they're the mature ones. They're the teacher. And so our oldest daughter loved to teach the kids to read. That was her favorite thing. So past child number three, I didn't teach any of the rest of them to read except the last one. (laughs)
2: I remember reading that in your book and I was like, ah, once again, I love Madeline and Noah. We only have two children, but I thought, Lord, why did it never come to my mind
1: to have more children? And I would have done that same thing. You know, and I think also, um, the other thing is combining subjects. That's always been a huge help, you know, like in, even in high school, um, our, you know, our kids would need to be, you know, there's a certain amount of reading they need to do. Um. And history. So, well, they're reading their history book, right? So yeah. we can count that as reading, especially when we yeah, ran into semesters where it was like they're pretty loaded down and we don't really want to add another thing at this point because they need to get through these things first and maybe we'll go back to some other type of literature later on but right now it's a little much so we get to gauge all that as as homeschooling parents so it's wonderful but combining that um, and then and their writing can be combined with that too my kids would do summaries of what they read well typically they would read a book and write a summary throughout the elementary years but in high school sometimes there were seasons where they would read the history book and they would write a summary of Mm -hmm. the history Mm -hmm. that they read and uh, and so we were combining two or three subjects in one and that's really helpful as well so you do learn some some tips and some tricks and and also just For me, I I felt like keeping things simple in the elementary years was very, very important. I didn't my kids learned science and history really pretty much as they were interested, you know, Mm -hmm. as they showed interest or mentioned something, we might kind of take a little tangent on that, go to the library, maybe do something hands on. Um, But we didn't do history and science in addition to math and reading and writing every single day, five days a week. That just, mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. the way we had to do it because I think because of our family size and all of that. And, you know, my kids are no worse for the wear. They all, mm-hmm. they like, they like all the subjects, yeah. you know, yeah. and they eventually, um, when they got into high school, they, they studied more deeply science and history and i feel like that's when they're developmentally really able to wrap their heads around the bigger picture of science yeah. and history we can dabble in it along the way and expose them along the way which is great we should totally do that i um, mean like doing those baking soda vinegar <laughs> things you know yes. <laughs> um but yeah you know so there's just there's so many different ways that we can approach it and some families like they love let's just say they love music well mm-hmm. There, I know families that their whole family just loves music. And so much of their learning happens from the perspective of music, you know? And so there's just so many ways that we can we can um handle uh doing that kind of thing. And then also like the unit studies. That's another, that's Mm -hmm. another really great, great way to teach multiple ages. Um I had Rebecca a Spooner from Gather Around Homeschool on. Mm -hmm. and uh, she's she's just done a great job of creating unit studies for yeah. homeschooling. So I always highly recommend her. But yeah, there's so many different ways you can approach it. But mm-hmm. but it, it, you can make it work. Like it, mm-hmm. it's it's never going to look perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the trick is to get like know what's working and what isn't working, and mm-hmm. don't try to force what isn't working.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And be confident in the fact that how your family is wired is how yes. the Lord wants it to be wired. Exactly. And um, one of the best pieces of advice I got when my kids were little, um, one of my homeschool mentors here in the area, she's, her kids were like way into science and mine, mine really weren't right. Yes. Um, and I heard her speaking at a panel discussion about homeschooling through high school. And um, she was saying, not everybody has to be a science family. We, we do science because my kids are wired for science. You don't have to. And that was such a relief for me. It's not that my girls didn't learn any science, but we're not wired for that. So I had to trust that we're a history family.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. See, that makes all the difference in the world. You know, my daughter said something really good a while back. She said, you know, we've, feel like we have to teach or we try to teach all of our kids like they're going to be a professor in that subject.
2: <laughs> and yeah. she said, it's just unnecessary. Yeah, it really is unnecessary. And it's so true.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I totally hear what you're saying.
2: It's interesting because, um, it, it just all comes right down to just knowing your children yeah. mm-hmm. and, you know, just, I mean, even with we are that musical family mm-hmm. in our, in our home. And so my girl very much was in theater still. She's going to be 19 this week, but, um, and Noah history kid, but it's just amazing how much, if I would have squelched. And if I would have said, like, like I was telling you earlier, um, no, we have this to do. We have that to do. We have this to do, put that away for now. Who would do that? You can't, but we, we are so, Thinking we have to, it has to look a certain way. We need to squeeze in all the subjects. We need to do all these things, right. you know, where it's just, they need to dabble. And another thing that I was thinking too, is just, um, you know how, when children are playing with toys and they, they get bored of them, right. right. You get them the best things of, of the best, right. they play with them and then they're done. And then right. they put them away. And then you think, well, we're, we're going to need to get rid of that because they don't like it. But lo and behold, when we just push them aside, They're all brand new again at a different age and at a different stage. And I feel that that's the way with subjects sometimes as well. They Mm -hmm. might not take a liking to or be interested. So yeah, like you said, as your children show the interest in that, then, then
1: their appetites are ready for it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And it's amazing. Um, I heard once that all of the elementary years can actually be taught in two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I that it. Me away. and I heard that actually really early on in our homeschooling journey. So that helped me relax yeah, and go, I'm you good. know what? There's so much repetition and review Ugh. when it comes to like traditional curriculum yeah. that we could actually eliminate all that and actually do some things we really want to do. And this is something <laughs> that I asked myself as a mom. I said every now and then when I started feeling bogged down, mm. like it just felt like it was getting super heavy and I would just, you know, pray and say, Lord, what is going on? And I would always bring this, this question would come to mind, Doreen, if you could do anything with your kids, like, you know, all standards aside, everything what anybody thinks is put aside, whatever standards you think are, what would you really want to do with your kids? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it, it, things became more clear that, you know, I want, well, I want to enjoy my kids. And so mm. I want to be doing things with them. Mm. And, you know, these are some of the things we enjoy. We need to work a little bit more of that into our, mm-hmm. into our days and our weeks. Mm-hmm. And and I, it was, that's the beauty of homeschooling. We actually yes. have the freedom to do that. And, and I don't think parents realize how, freeing that is and mm-hmm. how much fun you can have with your kids. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean, you know, obviously we have to discipline, we have to correct, we have to instruct, we, we have to do all those things. And, you know, at the end of the day, they got it. They need to know some math and they need to know how to read and they need to know some <laughs> Yeah, but do they have to know how to write every style of writing? Right, exactly. No. <laughs> you no, know, I've got a son who is yeah. absolutely brilliant. He is yes. a software engineer for Amazon, mm. and he he hated writing. And I tell his story in the book, but he hated writing. And you no, know, fast forward all these years later, he's twenty seven years old. Yeah, and I said to him, you know, like, so what kind of writing do you actually use? Yeah, you know? <laughs> and he said. I just need to be able to communicate thoughts Uh. and instruction accurately in an email. (laughs) (laughs) No diagramming sentences. What? Uh. And you know what? This is the kid that was drawn to math. He loved Mm. math. He hated writing. And so we did this little dance and I tell the whole story in the book, um, just kind of the succession of events of like when he took his entrance exams what happened then and you know because at that point he, he hadn't done a ton of writing still and i was like <laughs> sweating bullets and so you have to read the book to find out um, the story
2: <laughs> good well,
0: promo i like
2: that yeah and <laughs> what about so that i feel like that almost leads into this question um which is what is the number one lesson you want readers to take away from the
1: 4 hour school day Well, number one lesson, number one lesson. And we've actually talked about this a lot. And that is that for parents to understand how valuable their role is in their kids' lives, they have to understand that That is something that's, we have not been taught that we are lied to all the time. We have been, you know, taught to think that it's not that important, you know, like you were, you were saying earlier, these moms who are saying, tell me what to put on my kids you know, for clothes. Well, that's not just social media. I think that's, that's the traditional school system. We will tell you what you need to learn and when you need to learn it, Mm -hmm. you don't get to decide. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly the whole thinking outside the box and creativity was not encouraged, you know? So the thing that we have to understand is that our role as parents is absolutely essential to our kids, providing safety and security and stability so that they can learn more easily and naturally. And they will develop a great relationship with learning Mm -hmm. if their experiences are mostly positive. That's right. We've taken the time to say, Hey, you're really struggling with math. Tell me what's going on. What is it about this that you're not liking? What is Mm -hmm. it? Because, you know, a kid will say, Oh, I hate math. Yeah. You say, okay, what is it that you hate about it? Now, why do you hate it? What makes it so hard? And you just keep asking questions and eventually you get to the bottom of it. Sometimes it has nothing to do with math. Sometimes (laughs) it has to do with the fact that they're mad at their brother. You know? (laughs) (laughs) So, So true. This is our role. This is what we do. And then and then in that process, our kids develop a healthy relationship. With learning. So it's not about choosing the perfect curriculum as much as it is about raising emotionally healthy, caring, contributing adults who are
0: critical thinkers and problem Mm. solvers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they won't stop learning when they're 18, right? Never. I mean, Ooh,
1: we're still. No, learning that's the beauty. Oh day. my goodness. My kids, uh, you know, my software, our software engineer is now remodeling a house at the same time. Mm. And him and his brother are doing it together. And when they run into problems, they're just like they go back and forth problem solving, problem solving because they're just like they're quick. And yeah. and then they'll go to YouTube and then they'll I mean, these guys, uh, they're pulling it off. It's amazing. I mean, it just blows my mind what they're capable of. And they have no qualms they have yeah. no doubt that they can pull it off uh, I mean, at least it feels like they don't yeah they feel inside but they just keep plowing forward they've got perseverance they've mm-hmm. got critical thinking they've got problem solving skills and and they figure it out and man you should have heard them they're they conquered this one thing in the kitchen and <laughs> they're so proud of themselves uh, it was so awesome. <laughs> and that is
2: why we homeschool my friends That's right, right. Yes. yes yeah you know i always say to parents that um it seems like dads are just such natural um, models of learning yes. even more so than moms sometimes because moms, moms are like, well, what curriculum we need to follow up by the book. Do you like, use this? Do you use that? Are you guys going to use this? But, but dads, one time I saw my husband, he, he just models learning so well, so natural. And our pilot light, when we first moved into our house, our pilot light went out. And so I look at Joel and there he is. And he's laying on his side with the lighter by the pilot light <laughs> (laughs) And the kids are gathered around and I thought, Oh gosh, babe shit. And he had the YouTube video on and he's like, (laughs) yeah. And the kids were intrigued. And I thought, back up guys, back up. But you know, he, he didn't think, he didn't say what curriculum are we using? Right. When, are we, how are we going to do that? You know, no dads just do that. They don't even know, right. Most dads, right. most dads just do it. Such a, it's such a picture
1: of it this really whole thing, is. right? It really, is. it really is. And they're, they're a good example to us too, where we can kind of take on some of that as well. You know, as we as we hit, you know, obstacles in math or whatever, or, you know, writing or reading, we can say, "Hmm, let's step back. And this is what I would do with my kids. I'd have that conversation with them. I'd say, let's, what can we do about this? Do you have any ideas? And I would encourage them to come up with ideas while you're doing that. You are encouraging ownership because if they're part of the conversation, then all of a sudden they feel somewhat responsible Mm -hmm. for what's happening and that's what you want. So yes, that's that's such a good
0: example. I love that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah.
2: Well, Dorenda Wilson, we are blessed (laughs) to have this conversation with you. And I know our listeners are going to be so blessed.
1: Oh, I'm grateful to be here.
2: Yeah. And we want you to know, moms and dads, that you are the very best of the best of the best model of learning to your children. There's nothing, there's nobody who knows more than you do about your children. Walk with the Lord, trust him in everything that you do. And remember that you were chosen by God for your own children for a lifetime.